This is the Return to Order Moment with Edwin Benson. Bringing you insights, analysis, and information for a culture in crisis. Pope Francis and his obscene Judas painting. Perhaps no pope, certainly no pope in modern history, has persistently created controversy and concern among faithful Catholics than the current pontiff, Pope Francis. The pope is given to words and gestures that are often ambiguous. Then, he refuses to clarify the concerns that his conduct raises. Within those raised to respect the office of the papacy and his occupants throughout history, Pope Francis's attitude creates great conflict. During the Holy Week 2021, he placed a picture of our resurrected Lord leaning over the body of the traitorous disciple Judas. Again, both Catholics and non-believers are left to wonder, what can such a gesture mean? The renowned Catholic scholar and author, Luis Sergio Salomeo, examines both the Pope's actions and its implications. So now, the Return to Order moment presents Mr. Luis Sergio Salomeo's essay, Pope Francis and His Obscene Judas Painting. On Holy Thursday, April 1st, L'Osservatore Romano, the Vatican's daily newspaper, published a front-page editorial illustrated by an obscene and sacrilegious painting. It shows a naked, resurrected Jesus caressing the lifeless head of the traitor, Judas Iscariot, who is wearing nothing but a red loincloth. The editorial by Andrea Monda, the newspaper's editor, states that during Holy Week, L'Observatore was going to address characters that emerged from the Gospel's narratives at the, quote, last moments of Jesus' earthly life, unquote. Munda says that he was perplexed at how difficult it had been to choose. Quote, there are so many characters who crowd the pages of the four Gospels, thus the choice is not easy. Unquote. Many of his readers, one would hope, were aghast at his choice. Quote, For today, the choice has fallen on the figure of Judas, the most tragic and disturbing character of the Gospels. Unquote. Thus, under the general title, featured today, Protagonists of the Paschal Mystery, Judas, the newspaper devotes three pages to the traitor. On Good Friday, the same quote-unquote protagonist series paid homage to Pontius Pilate, the cowardly and arrogant governor of the Roman province of Judea. The real protagonist of the Paschal Mystery, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, see St. John's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 29, was left out. As for Holy Saturday's protagonist, the paper headlined, quote, The Silence of Saturday and the Announcement of the Women, unquote. Having discussed him first, does the Vatican's paper consider Judas to be the real quote-unquote protagonist of the Paschal Mystery? Did it choose Maundy Thursday, not Good Friday, for this rehabilitation because it was then that Judas betrayed Jesus with a kiss in the garden? Like her divine son, Mary Most Holy was forgotten. She whom we honor and venerate as Our Lady of Sorrows. She with whom the church has wept for 2,000 years. She whom we try to comfort when praying the Stabat Mater. At the cross her station keeping stood the mournful mother weeping close to her son to the last. 
Our Lady was at the foot of the cross, joining the passion of her divine Son and offering his sacrifices and her own for the redemption of the human race. As Pope Pius XI exclaimed, quote, O Mother of love and mercy, who were close to your sweet Son when consummating the redemption of mankind on the altar of the cross, suffering with him as co-redemptrix, unquote. The illustration chosen for the editorial raises many questions because of its homosexual connotations. Why was this sacrilegious and obscene picture selected? The Observatory Romano editor explains, quote, This painting is a fruit of the meditations of Pope Francis, gathered in the 2018 title, When You Pray, Say Our Father. In the book, the pontiff speaks about Judas and God's mercy, citing the capital atop a column in the church of Vézelay, a photo of which he hung behind his desk in his personal study. A French faithful Catholic, reading those meditations and having been struck since childhood by the same column, portraying Jesus the Good Shepherd carrying the dead Judas on his shoulders as the last lost sheep, decides to compose this painting and give it to the Pope. This painting, which we are publishing today on the front page, has since hung next to the Vézelay photo behind the Holy Father's desk. Unquote. Pope Francis has spoken affectionately of Judas countless times, implying that the traitor was saved, but without stating this clearly, as is his custom. As proof, he presents a sculpted capital in the medieval Benedictine Abbey Church of St. Marie Madeleine in Vesselay, France. In the just-mentioned book, Pope Francis again refers to that capital and Judas's possible salvation. After saying that Judas hanged himself, he continues, quote, But there is one thing that makes me think that the story of Judas does not end there. Maybe someone will think the Pope is a heretic. But no, go and look at a medieval column in the Basilica of St. Mary Magdalene in Vesalay, Burgundy. The men of the Middle Ages did catechesis using sculptures, images, in that column, on one side you have Judas hanged, but on the other is the good shepherd who loads him on his shoulders and takes him away, unquote. The Pope claims that the young and beardless person carrying the dead Judas is our Lord. However, the more plausible interpretation is that the medieval capital sculpture portrays the anonymous person who disposed of the traitor's corpse. In addition to his constant, direct, and friendly references to Judas, Pope Francis has also quoted Father Primo Massolari, 1890-1959, a revolutionary priest who is considered a precursor of Vatican II. Andrea Tornielli, currently director of the Vatican Dicastery for Communication, wrote in 2016 about a speech the Pope gave, quote, the Pope spoke about an ancient medieval capital depicting Judas on one side and Jesus carrying the dead traitor on his shoulders. Don Primo Masolari gave a beautiful speech on this. He was a priest who understood the complexity of the gospel's logic well. 
getting one's hands dirty like Jesus did. He was not clean. He went and met people and accepted people as they were, not as they should be, unquote. Further on, Tornielli says, quote, Pope Francis quoted a homily on Judas the traitor given by a pioneer of the Second Vatican Council, Don Primo Masolare, parish priest of Bozzolo, northern Italy, on Holy Thursday, 1958. Poor Judas, the priest starts off by saying. Just what went on in his soul, I don't know. He is one of the most mysterious figures in the Passion of the Lord. I won't even try to explain it to you. All I ask is for you to have some mercy on our poor brother Judas, unquote. This was not the first time Pope Francis has adopted Father Massolari's favorable view of Judas. At the sermon of an April 8, 2020 Mass, he stated, quote, What is the mystery of Judas? I don't know. Don Primo Masolari explains it better than me, unquote. The Argentine Pope not only quoted Father Masolari several times, but went to visit his tomb, showing entire consonance with him. Quote, I would not like to leave out anything I would like to say about Father Primo Masolari. I am a pilgrim here in Bazzolo and then in Barbiana, in the footsteps of two parish priests who have left a luminous trace, however uncomfortable, in their service to the Lord and the people of God. It is not up to me to tell you or analyze Father Primo's work. I prefer to meditate on the timeliness of his message, unquote. Is it any wonder, then, that L'Observatore Romano published in Holy Week a sermon by Father Mazzolari titled, Our Poor Brother Judas? In his homily on Holy Thursday, 1958, Father Mazzolari says, among other things, quote, when he received the kiss of betrayal in Gethsemane. The Lord answered with words we must not forget. Friend, with a kiss you betray the Son of Man. Friend, this word, which tells you all about the infinite tenderness of the Lord's charity, also makes you understand why I called him Judas, brother, at this time. And perhaps at the last moment, remembering that word and the acceptance of his kiss, even Judas will have felt that the Lord still loved him and received him among his own. Judas is perhaps the first apostle who entered heaven with the two thieves, a procession that certainly does not seem to honor the Son of God as someone conceives him, but which is a greatness of his mercy." Judas in heaven? The bad thief, too? Our Lord only promised heaven to St. Dismas, the good thief. The same issue of L'Osservatore Romano publishes excerpts from other writers on Judas, such as progressive Carlo Cardinal Martini, anarchist Giuseppe Berto, and the devil's admirer Giovanni Papini. In his October 28, 2014 Mass homily, Pope Francis said Judas Iscariot was not the only sinner among the apostles. Quote, Judas was not the one who sinned the most. I don't know who sinned the most. Judas, poor man, is the one who closed himself to love, and that is why he became a traitor. 
and they all ran away during the difficult time of the Passion and left Jesus alone. They are all sinners, unquote. One cannot compare Judas's betrayal with the other apostles' reprehensible behavior during the Passion. Judas did not deny the divine master in a moment of weakness, as did St. Peter, or cowardice, like the other apostles who, except for St. John, abandoned our Lord on Calvary. However, all eleven repented because they loved the divine master. Judas willingly went to the Jewish priests who were trying to kill Jesus and offered to hand him over. Quote, what will you give me, and I will deliver him unto you? See St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, verses 14 to 16. St. John Chrysostom comments on this matter, quote, And see how great is the wickedness of Judas, in that he comes to them of his own accord, in that he does this for money, and for such a sum of money, unquote. Nor did Judas betray his master in an impulsive moment. He gradually moved away from the love of Jesus, becoming lost in his disbelief and sinking into the vice of avarice. In the episode of the woman who anointed our Lord with precious perfume, Judas murmured that he should have sold the perfume and given the money to the poor, to which St. John explains after narrating the episode, quote, Now he said this, not because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief, and having the purse, carried the things that were put therein. See St. John's Gospel, chapter 12, verses 4 to 6. Judas, Mercator Pessimus. Judas, the vile merchant. Judas was not a, quote, poor, repentant man who did not know what to do, unquote, as Pope Francis said at the Sermon of a Mass in the Chapel of Casa Santa Marta on April the 11th, 2016. He knew very well what he was doing, for the Savior had continually warned him. However, he was obstinate in evil. St. John recounts that the disciples were scandalized when our Lord referred to the Eucharist for the first time and in veiled terms, asserting that his body and blood were food and drink. After the Savior challenged the apostles, Do you want to leave too? And St. Peter's prompt reply, full of faith and love, he said these terrible words, Have I not chosen you twelve, and one of you is a devil? Unquote. The same evangelist adds, Now he meant Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for this same was about to betray him, whereas he was one of the twelve. See St. John's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 71 to 72. With his betrayal already consummated by the deal with the Sanhedrin, Judas was hard-hearted enough to attend the Paschal Supper with the Savior and the other apostles. In it, our Lord announced his passion and the traitor's terrible end. Quote, the Son of Man indeed goes as it is written of him, but woe to the man by whom the Son of Man shall be betrayed. It were better for him if that man had not been born. And Judas that betrayed him answering said, Is it I, Rabbi? He said to him, Thou hast said it. 
See St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, verses 24 to 25. As our Lord answered St. Peter's and John's questions on who the traitor would be, he dipped the bread in the wine and gave it to Judas. St. John recounts, And after the morsel, Satan entered into him. See St. John's Gospel, chapter 13, verse 27. Thus, our Lord permitted him to consummate his betrayal, making clear he could prevent it if he so wanted. See St. John's Gospel, chapter 13, verses 28 to 30. The betrayal shows again Judas' obstinacy and hardness of heart, as well as his cynicism. Leading the soldiers to arrest his master, he arranged with them that Jesus would be the one he kissed, according to Oriental custom. After that hypocritical kiss, the divine master tells the traitor, Judas, dost thou betray the Son of Man with a kiss? See St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 22, verse 48. After the Savior's condemnation, realizing the enormity of his crime, Judas was overcome with remorse, but not contrition. Desperate, he went back to the Jewish priest to return the price of treason, but was badly received. What is that to us? Look thou to it. He threw the coins on the temple floor and went out to hang himself. See St. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 27, verses 3 to 5. St. Peter completes the Gospel's narrations by saying that he, quote, burst asunder in the midst and his bowels gushed out. See Acts, chapter 1, verse 18. The Vatican's newspaper would have done better had it prominently published Jesus' own words about Judas in the Gospels, as well as texts by church fathers and doctors, great exegetes and saints. All attest to the church's constant tradition and interpretation of Scripture on the condemnation of Judas Iscariot. Our Lord said he would keep all those he had received from the Father, quote, None of them is lost but the son of perdition. See St. John's Gospel, chapter 17, verses 11 to 12. These words of the Redeemer leave no doubt about the traitor's eternal destiny. Were we to rearrange our Lord's words for clarity, it could read, The son of perdition is the only one lost. In an article published in 2003, Avery Cardinal Dulles finds it difficult to deny Judas's eternal damnation. Quote, The New Testament does not tell us in so many words that any particular person is in hell. But several statements about Judas can hardly be interpreted otherwise. Jesus says that he has kept all those the Father has given him except the son of perdition. At another point, Jesus calls Judas a devil, and yet again says of him, it would be better for that man if he had never been born. If Judas were among the saved, these statements could hardly be true. Many saints and doctors of the church, including St. Augustine and St. Thomas Aquinas, have taken it as a revealed truth that Judas was reprobated. Unquote. In the Magnificat, the Blessed Mother proclaims, and his mercy is from generation unto generation to them that fear him. See St. Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 50. In the Old Testament, 
The Lord affirmed his mercy toward those who fear him, praise him, and keep his commandments. See Psalm 102, verse 17, Exodus chapter 20, verse 6, and Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 10. The fear of God, which, quote, is the beginning of wisdom, see Psalm 110, verse 10, is filial reverence for the infinite majesty of divine justice, a desire not to offend him and not to break away from his friendship. In short, filial fear is the fruit of the love of God. Without it, one cannot acquire wisdom. Therefore, it is completely absurd to attribute Judas's salvation to God's mercy, for he gave no proof of repentance or fear of God. On the contrary, devoured by sterile remorse for his vile betrayal, he hanged himself in desperation. In defending Judas the traitor, quote, the son of perdition, unquote, during Holy Week, did the daily newspaper of the Vatican's Dicastery for Communication intend to convey a message? It is not easy to know. However, Judas's rehabilitation in several articles and an editorial, highlighted with a front-page reproduction of a painting with homosexual overtones from Pope Francis's study, smacks of the Cainites, the early church Gnostic heresy denounced by St. Irenaeus. In this new passion of the church, may Our Lady of Fatima help us always remain at her side, ever faithful to her divine Son, never fleeing from nor denying him, no matter how intense the persecution from Satan and his minions. This concludes Pope Francis and His Obscene Judas Painting by Luis Sergio Salomeo. Thank you so much for listening. Return to Order, of which this podcast is only a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we ask you to subscribe and give us a five-star rating with the service through which you are listening to it. Increased subscriptions and high ratings mean that more people will be directed to the Return to Order moment when searching for new podcasts. So, by rating us, you can help the Return to Order moment be more effective. In addition, subscribers gain access to all previous episodes of the Return to Order moment. We would also like to recommend the book, which spells out the motivation behind our work. Mr. John Horvath's book, Return to Order, is available as a free download through our website, www.returntoorder.org, or in printed and recorded form through our bookstore. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2021 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP.